0: Are you ready Ma? I'm ready Erin.
1: Let's go. This week on With the Bushes takes you to Gnarlands.
0: Gnarlands? Narlands. How crazy that we are going to Narlands the week that it was. Well I guess we're a week late but happy Mardi Gras de Gras. Okay. Well yes because we're always a day late and a dollar short. There we are we are. I watched this movie on International Women's Day. Interesting because you found out that Jezebel is? Oh yes yeah, so the movie we're doing is Jezebel and I guess Jezebel's in the bible. There's a lot of halves and arts and forsooks and stuff but basically from the urban dictionary a female who is seeking attention from and possibly plotting to use someone who is wealthy or otherwise desirable in order to gain status in society um they'll do anything use anyone to get what they want and when they're no longer satisfied with what they can do for them they throw them off to the side they lure them in with their beauty and toss them away
1: uh, pretty much any debutante would because they were all trying to, um, okay. So that wasn't true because I'm rethinking, um, uh, debutantes wanted to marry well in society, but they wouldn't necessarily then throw them over. But if somebody better came along, they would.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, they're, I- they're hard of gold debutantes, but then they're also de- the Jezebel debutantes.
1: Exactly. 1938 black and white film.
0: Yes, it was released March 10th, 1938. And we are recording this on March 10th.
1: We knew what we were doing all along. Uh uh Uh-huh,
0: uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. Well, even if it were released March 10th, 1938, it takes place in
0: 1852.
1: Yes, aforementioned Gnarlands. Gnarlands. It is the uh, Warner Brothers' uh, way of trying to make good on Betty Davis not playing Scarlett O'Hara.
0: Now, scar like now, Gone Gar- Gone with the Wind came out in 1939, right? Yeah,
1: my understanding was, uh, well, it was cast before then.
0: Yes, I mean they had a long production yeah
1: it came out in 1939 so uh yeah i mean that took a long time to film so this was pretty much filming at the same time ish
0: yeah betty davis really wanted to play scarlet o'hara from what i gather and they went another direction and she was betty davis but even if you don't know anything about old movies You've heard of Betty Davis and you know she was abroad, so she was not, not impressed. abroad as in
1: on the continent, but she was a broad.
0: Yeah. I mean, she was a, a pretty badass woman. Yeah. She would be enjoying these times now. She would be like, it's about goddamn time. <laughs> Let me
1: tell you my Me Too moments. I
0: mean, her her tombstone does say she did it the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love because you're like, huh. There's a lot in there to unpack, I bet. I bet. So are you ready for the particulars? Let's do the particulars, please. This was directed and produced by William Wyler. He's big time, big name. He... Is that also Billy Wilder? No. Her? There's no William Wyler is not Billy Wilder. <laughs> Excuse me. It is funny, though, because it's very similar. He would have thank been you. Billy Wyler. Billy Wyler and Billy Wilder. Yeah. Okay. Well, that cleared up a question I had, so mm-hmm. thank you. William Wyler, he also did Ben Hur, The Best Years of Our Lives, Mrs. Miniver. All three of those that I just named, he won the Academy Award for Best Director.
1: And I was just thinking we need to do him.
0: He also did Roman Holiday and Funny Girl. A
1: funny girl too?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. This was written by Clement Ripley. He also wrote Love, Honor, and Behave, Pioneer Woman, Buffalo Bill. He wrote multiple novels that were turned into films, such as Dust and Sunday, which would sorry, Dust and Sun, which was turned into the Humphrey Bogart movie A Devil with Women. He also did Black Moon which was made into a film of the same title, starring Faye Ray, and Gold is Where You Find It, starring Olivia de Havilland. <sighs> um, Abin Finkel also wrote it, and the third writer is none other than John Huston. Yes, that John Huston, that film director John Huston, that Father of Angelica Houston, Angelica. John Houston. He also wrote Sergeant York, Doctor Eldrick's Magic Bullet, and then he went on to become a very, very well-renowned director, directing some movies. Maybe you've heard of these: The Maltese Falcon, The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, uh-huh. Key Largo, The African Queen, Misfits. I mean, those are all future installments of Gone with the Bushes.
1: Yes. Well, we did Key Largo. We did? We didn't do Key Largo. I don't
0: think we did Key Largo. Oh, I
1: just watched it one night.
0: Yeah. You're cheating on the podcast? <sighs> <laughs> That's okay. Okay. It's based on the play from 1933 called Jezebel by Owen Davis. He also wrote the plays Icebound, Easy Come, Easy Go, and The Haunted House. The music is by Max Steiner. He also did the music for The Informer, Now Voyager, King Kong, Little Women, Casablanca, The Searchers, and Gone with the Wind. The director of photography is Ernest Howell. Howler, H A L L E R. I spell it because listen to the things this guy shot Gone with the Wind, The Maltese Falcon, Mildred Pierce, Rebel Without a Cause, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, Lilies of the Field, just to name a few of the movies this guy did. Wow. Can you believe that? Jeez. Wow. It was edited by Warren Lowe. I didn't find anything else that he edited. And the cast starring Bet- Betty Davis as Julie Bet- Marston. Betty Davis. Betty Davis. You know her for her eyes. And also she was in Of Human Bondage, The Petrified Forest, Now Voyager, All About Eve, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, and Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte, just to name a few of the movies this woman was in. It also- We have to do
1: All About Eve.
0: Yes, we do. It also co-stars Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda was in an insane amount of movies. When I was looking up his filmography. Like this guy worked in, he was in so many movies in the 30s. I think he was in maybe like eight movies between this and The Grapes of Wrath, which were like released. The Grapes of Wrath was released in the, I think it was released the next year. Wow. It, it's crazy. So he he's Preston Dillard. He was the in The Young Mr. Lincoln, The Grapes of Wrath, The Lady Eve, The Oxbow Incident, 12 Angry Men. 12 Angry Men we have done? Mm-hmm. Advising Consent on Golden Pond. This guy was in tons of movies. He was also the father of Jane Fonda. So we all know. And Peter. And Peter Fonda. Sort of
1: like... It, um, Angelica, Eliza, and Peggy.
0: <laughs> and Peggy. <laughs> Poor Peter Fonda. He's always been the Peggy.
1: But oh, we're gonna okay. do we're gonna do Easy Rider sometime. All right. That was my coming of age film.
0: Yeah, hmm. I saw it. Hmm. Hmm. Not a lot of reheatables in that.
1: Hmm. okay are those all of the particulars
0: no i'm not done with the particulars i didn't think so she we had also, to take a drink i did we have george brent as book can trail he was also in 42nd street gold is where you find it dark victory we got uh, my main man donald crisp back up in here as dr livingstone we know him from how green is my valley the best part of that film He, like, How Green Is My Valley was in 1940. Remember, people, this is 1938. This is before Citizen Kane. He -hmm. was also in the amazing Dr. Clitterhouse, Withering Heights, and National Velvet. We have Faye Baitner. She played Aunt Belle Massey. She was in Our Town, Woman of the Year, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, The Children's Hour. We have Teresa Harris as, what was he, Zeddy or Zeddy? Zeta. I, I didn't know. I didn't know. She was in a bunch of movies where she did not get credited because she was black and she also happened to have to play like maids and stuff. Um, she was in Hold Your Man with Gene Harlow, Babyface with Barbara Stanwyck, Professional Sweetheart with Ginger Rogers, and many more uncredited roles. She was uh I thought well we'll get to it later she went to the ucla conservatory for music she was very very talented it's very sad because she probably could have been a huge star and we have eddie rochester anderson as gross bat he was rochester van jones on the jack benny program he was also in what price hollywood uncredited because he was black and you can't take it with you. He was in Gone with the Wind. He was the cab driver in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. <laughs> and he was in The Watermelon Man. And we have Matthew Beard Jr., who was Ty Bat, who he, this little, he was a little boy. He was stymie in our gang. He was. Teabag. bag bag Wasn't his name Teabag bag in the
1: movie? Oh, the yeah, like
0: T-Bat. But I guess they call them... T- yeah, because their accents are out of control. Yeah.
1: Um, and not necessarily um, authentic.
0: Yeah, so Stymie from our gang, he was a little kid. He had the bowler hat. That big bowler hat was a gift from Stan Laurel. He was... Had <gasps> re- Laurel and Hardy. Yes, and he was—he got his name Stymie because the guy that came up with the R gang, he was always bothered by the questions and so he would get stymied by the kid. So he called him stymie. And then he went on to get replaced by Buckwheat. And then he retired at acting when he was in high school. He got hooked on heroin, got in that street life, went to jail. In the 60s, he got clean. And he was in Sanford and Son in the Jeffersons and Good Times. And he was in the Buddy Holly story. Wow. Mm-hmm. Quite a life. I'm glad he got clean. Mm-hmm. So there you have it there are the particulars
1: well thank you i did um think that the music was reminiscent of the gone with the wind and how would max steiner write gone with the wind and this one without it oh you know, overlapping a little because it's the same time period and they wanted it to be a sweeping epic.
0: Yeah, so he was like, I need to come up with two sweeping epic melodies. All right, let me come up with them. And then he was like, who's paying me more money? And I don't know, but I'm guessing that it was Gone with the Wind, people. (laughs) And so he he went to Gone with the Wind and he's like, I got these two sweeping melodies. Which one do you like? And the Gone with the Wind people are like, we like this one. And then he was like, all right, this is Jezebel to the other one. (laughs) Uh,
1: I think that happened a lot with Jezebel.
0: Uh Okay. Jezebel opens
1: with um, a still of uh, weeping willows and then all of the credits are running over that still with uh, Max Steiner music it's New Orleans it's 1852 there's a street market and there are lots of people of color
0: yeah and it's a long tracking shot because it's like oh well I I guess this is epic but it's like I've seen Gone with the Wind guys so this isn't super epic but I applaud the try yeah, we're yeah. we're creating ambiance. We're getting the fee- I did get the feel of 19, 1852 New Orleans.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's a a buggy that stops because everything is horse and buggy. Stops in front of the St. Louis Hotel, and the men riding in the buggy say, "Boy, stop right here," because of course people of color were.
0: Well, I mean, people, the yeah, because it's, it's 1852 and it's New Orleans. So people of color um, were slaves. They, they, they were owned. They were not free people. They were three-fifths of a human being according to the law of the land. Yeah.
1: Okay, that, that's, uh, I have a reheatable later. Uh, lots of top hats, like big, big top hats. And this is what I wondered. What were top hats made out of that the one guy had to, like, pet his? There may have some animal. Oh. Yeah, because he had to have all the hairs going the right direction.
0: Yeah. Was it seal or something? Some I sort don't know. of animal.
1: Because it looked like some of them were made of felt later. But anyway, lots of top hats. Um, we meet Buck Cantrell. And Buck Cantrell is quarreling because someone spoke a woman's name in the bar the woman's name was not Jezebel her name wasn't Jezebel just it was the name Julie. of
0: Julie
1: Julie and so there was going to be a duel
0: I'm going, are, they're still doing duels? Yeah, I mean when, years when did later? Hamilton get taken out? Didn't we learn from that people? I know How it,
1: stupid.
0: but it wasn't a hundred years later because Hamilton went out like in the 18th because he he was in the election for the 1800s so it was early 1800s that he yeah. had to be killed but this is 1852 and, you're, oh, okay. and we're like, oh mm-hmm. I did write that down but then I quickly followed it up with, well there's still owning people so yeah that's true
1: so they're gonna fight a duel because he dared to say the woman's name and the person he's gonna duel is the okay so the thing is this is the thing what's the thing the thing is that julie was engaged to book but It was called off because Julie had her eyes set on Preston Dillard. Okay. Okay. So everybody's expecting Buck to be, you know, really embarrassed because he got dumped and Buck is just living the life. He's like, Hey, yeah, it happened. I'm moving on, you know, but the brother of Preston, her new fiance is offended that he dares to say Julie's name in the bar. Hence, the duel is going to happen.
0: Well, Buck and Julie's soon-to-be brother-in-law are friends. Right. And it's not Buck that says Julie's name. It's this other guy in the bar
1: who is is a drunkard.
0: He says something. He makes a comment about Julie. And then Buck is like, hey, you better, like, shut your mouth. And the guy's like, w- like, why do you care? You know, she dumped you for somebody else, and so then the brother, because so then like, there's oh, it's on now. We're we're going, we're taking this outside, and then the brother who is friends with Buck says, Buck, don't go do the duel. Let me do the duel because, you know, Julie's going to be my sister-in-law. This doesn't really have anything to do with you. And Buck's like. Hey little man. I've done a lot of duels in my life. This is no problem. This dude's drunk already, so don't you worry about it. So then they go off and they duel. And they duel off screen, and when we find them again, you just hear that he shattered the guy's pelvis.
1: Because the guy was French, so he was going to he was going to go for the head but, uh, Buck knew to go for the body. Yeah. Or
0: something. Anyway. Basically what we we learned is that, um, Buck Cantrell, he, he will get drop and go to a duel just to entertain himself. And yeah, and he, he's pretty cocky because he's alive and he's, you know, when you, you live the dueling life and you're alive, you know, you kind of get to that point where maybe you should slow down, buddy. You're, one day your luck's going to run out. And
1: and as the as the movie progresses, you find, you know, Buck was a much better match for <laughs> Julie than Press. But anyway, okay, so there's going to be an engagement party, um, Julie's engagement party, to Preston. And it's going to be a big antebellum party with horses and buggies. And Julie is very late to her own party. Mm-hmm. And she arrives on her own horse, and her own horse is a naughty horse. And um, she goes into the party in her horse clothes instead of changing into a a ball gown. And um, everyone is,
0: (gasps) they're clutching their pearls. They can't believe it. What an unruly woman to show. First of all, she's not even on time. Second of all, she comes in with her horse clothes on. <gasps> I Next, you're going to tell me that she doesn't ride side saddle.
1: Oh, I think she but did, she did
0: ride side saddle. So she is still a lady.
1: I don't know if they, if they did the, the sheet test after the wedding night or not. Ew. Well, that's what they used to do with the, with the royals. Okay, so um, she gets told that she's marrying a trader and she's going up north and she's not going to like it up there. Buck's telling her that.
0: Yeah, because Preston is from the south, but he's a banker. And so he does a lot of business up north. As well
1: as on the continent abroad. Mm. <laughs> Next scene we're at Dillard and sons uh there's a board meeting going on and they're talking about building a railroad and this is a really important meeting and um so not only was Julie not at her engagement party but her fiance wasn't either so when she shows up then she's upset that that he's not there she could take as long as she wanted and so she tells her well, boy she
0: wants um Preston promised that he was going to go and help her pick out a dress for I forget what it's called some big ball, the biggest ball. ball of the season, and she he promised that he was going to help her pick out the dress, but he's got this meeting, so he sent she sends in the the kid who's her t-back. her I boy yeah, Stymie we can call him, okay, and. Stymie tells uh, Preston, "Like, look, look, Miss Julie's out there and she's getting really impatient because you said that you were going to help her with her dress. And Preston's hey, I am conducting business right now. I don't want to be in this meeting, but I am paying bills right now. I'm paying for her dress, except it's Henry Fonda, so he doesn't say it like that. Mm-hmm. He's very, he also
1: doesn't say it with a Southern accent at all.
0: No, he's dropped the accent because he needs to be taken seriously in the banking world. I didn't come up with the rules people. I'm just telling you,
1: I think he'd probably tried a Southern accent and they went, yeah, the Henry. No. Henry, Henry, why don't you that, just
0: talk normally? Henry,
1: that ain't working.
0: Okay. Well, so
1: Julie is not a happy camper. And she marches right into the
0: bank. For her even to step foot in the bank is a huge... Everyone is freaking out in their minds. They're like, oh my gosh, did a woman just walk through the door? And is a woman walking through the bank? What is a woman doing in a place of commerce? What's going on? They're freaking out.
1: They are freaking out, and she interrupts the meeting. She knocks on the door.
0: Excuse me. It is me time. It is me o'clock.
1: And he says, you know what? It's not you o'clock. It's business o'clock, and I can't come and be with you right now. All right. All right. Good day, Mr. Dillard. So sorry to have troubled you. So you knew oh, that was a problem. man. I believe her ego.
0: Out of control. Her ego. You know, this movie would have been so much different if we just ha- brought in Eckhart Tolle and was like, Eckhart, explain to Julie why <laughs> what she's about to do is such a horrible idea. And Eckhart, oh. would be, she is not ready to listen. No, she isn't. And Julie would say, "Hey,
1: Scarlett would do it. I'm doing it." <laughs> so she, Julie's like,
0: the, "Scarlett, hold my mint julep.
1: Hold my parasol." So uh, she's at her dress fitting, and she's every every unmarried person, female person going to this ball has to wear white.
0: Yeah, if you're not married, you got to wear white.
1: So she's at this dress fitting, and, and the dress is quite gorge. And But she sees a
0: red dress. Now, Nerd no, alert! No, Nerd alert! Nerd alert! Go for it. Because it's black and white, we don't know what It's dress. a black and white dress. You just see that this dress obviously is dark. It's a red dress. But the real dress wasn't really red. It was actually a bronze dress and they just said that it was a red dress because it was black and white and it would show up better in black and white being a bronze dress. Yeah. Which I was then laughing to myself. and like, no, this dress is going to play an important part of this movie. These people wrote the script and everything. And they're like, this whole movie pretty much hinges around a red dress. And yes, nobody was like, guys, Guys, this is a black and white film. Like <laughs> can, can we yeah. maybe like change something here? We're asking everyone to be shocked because it's a it's a red dress. Like it's weird because why couldn't it have been just a black dress? Yeah. But I guess you go with it because you're like it's black and white, so in your mind you're like, it's a red dress. Why was it
1: filmed in black and white? Gone with the Wind was filmed in color.
0: Yeah, but I think that that was about the time. Like, I think color was super expensive.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Okay.
0: Because <clears throat> wasn't... Like, Gone with the Wind had to be one of the first color movies.
1: Wasn't uh, The Wizard of Oz started out black and white and then went to color? Yeah. Because color had come in and, and they did it when she hit, you know going to Oz or
0: whatever. Yeah. The okay. wizard of Oz came out in 1939. Okay. So okay. color was like a thing and I'm sure that they had a discussion about it. And I'm sure they probably would have wanted to go in color because they were probably at, who was this Warner brothers saying our whole movie depends on a red dress. Why don't you give us the money to shoot in color? And they're like, I would think guys, yeah. this is not gone with the wind. <laughs> I've read yeah. gone with the wind. I'm not spending the money, you're going, I agreed to make this movie, um, but I agreed in black and white, so make it work. We've had, nobody's really even seen color. Everybody's going to go with it. They're not used to color. Yeah. It's only going to be people in the future looking back on it. that are going to think that this is really weird. Guys, we're fine.
1: And not only was it a red dress, but it was a strapless red dress with a plunging neckline so even though we couldn't see the red we could still see her shoulders were showing um
0: it, it, which she had nice shoulders i wonder did she do push-ups and stuff did she work out because i didn't think that was a thing that ladies did back then uh, maybe she just had some good jeans. but yeah i was like i was surprised at how strong i was like she has a nice strong frame that betty davis
1: Betty davis well she sees this red dress which is a vulgar dress and she goes i want that and everybody's you cannot wear that you have to wear white
0: oh no everyone is telling her every single person says look you can't wear that dress and she what does she say
1: Well, the more you tell me I'm not going to, the more I'm going to. Damn it.
0: you're like, oh, man, she's going to die on that hill.
1: (laughs) While this is happening, Preston is getting advice. Is it from the general, her guardian? He's getting advice. No, he's getting advice from somebody on the board who's going, Hey. You cannot allow a woman to come and knock on the door of a board meeting without doing something about.
0: And that something about it is using his fist. This guy is basically saying, you can't allow a woman, a woman come. If my wife came up in here, you best believe I would be going home and giving her the old ones and twos. Yeah. Yeah. And then
1: you can buy her something diamond.
0: But make up to it. But, you know, you have to lay down the law. And I was like, ooh, this is a tough watch on International Women's Day. (laughs) Well, uh, the next scene
1: is at her house and she's upstairs dressing in that red dress. And Preston comes in and, and he she doesn't come down yet and. Um, he comes to her house and, and she is upstairs out and she's refusing to come down to see him. And so he goes over and grabs a walking stick and goes up to her room. Cause he's going to give her the, what for. Mm-hmm. And she refuses to answer the door. And at one point she even locks the door Boy, she, he gets and mad. then she unlocks the door and opens it. And he steps in and she goes, you have to marry me now because you're in my bedroom.
0: <sighs> this woman. But she does make a good point because homeboy, he's mad. But then she says, you, you said that you fell in love with me being me. And you promised and you made me promise that I would never change who I am. And look, this is me being me. I'm doing. I'm keeping up my end of the promise, and he's like, "Damn it!" Then he looks
1: into those Betty Davis eyes, and they kiss. Mm-hmm. And she then then they break apart, and she sees the walking stick, and and she goes, "Don't forget to take your walking stick."
0: And Henry Fonda grabs it, and he looks back at her, and he just he's like, All right, "You're right," and he's like um i forgot to use it and he has like a little henry fonda smirk
1: but at that moment he sees the red dress on the bed
0: oh
1: and he says oh all the unmarried girls have to wear white and evidently they argue a lot because he goes this arguing has to stop Mm
0: -hmm. well she's she pushes buttons she likes the drama. She likes the fight. So she's the girl that's always pushing the buttons. And like Henry Fonda is Mr. Laid back, Mr. going with everything. And he just fell for her Betty Davis eyes.
1: Well, he tells her, okay, you know, I kissed you and everything, but wear white tomorrow.
0: And then Betty Davis is kind of she's doubling down on her, you know, I probably would have Bought a white dress if you had bothered to show up like you said you would. Okay. That's
1: exactly her
0: point. Oh, and that's you the whole reason there, why so what I got. Yeah, it's like, well, you weren't there. This'll teach you. Next time you say you're gonna be somewhere, you better be somewhere. Otherwise, left to my own devices, I'm gonna wear this red dress to this function where everyone else is gonna be wearing white. And To top it all off, once I'm done with this dress, I said that I would give it to my slave. So, aren't I just Mother Teresa?
1: Because her slave says it's the most elegantest dress she's ever seen. Her slave
0: is Teresa Harris, who is slumming it in this part, as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay. Anyway. Next night. Um... Oh,
0: wait. Okay, so um, things get confusing in this movie. I had no idea what was happening in this movie until I had to go back and read the plot summary. So, I have Buck arrives to take
1: Julie to the ball. She had summoned Buck to take her to the ball because she was going to wear the red dress and Preston wasn't going to take her in the red
0: dress. I think so. I think think they had like kind of done one of those like breakup things where he was like, well, if you're going to wear that, I'm not going, I don't know. She did some sort of Jezebel type behavior because she sent one of her slaves with a message to somebody. So I guess she sent it to Buck. Yes. And then, and so then Buck arrived and so because she's wearing this red dress and she's unmarried, but she knows enough not to show up to the ball without a man on her arms. So once she's not sure that her fiance press is going to show up, so she knows that old buck standby, he he'll, he'll be there. He'll take her.
1: Yes. Yes. And so he says to her you don't want to wear that dress, Julie. That dress will cause no end of trouble. Yeah. And he actually refuses
0: to take her. Mm-hmm. He's he says, you know, "Ah oh, man, I do love your Spitfire spunk, but this is the you really don't want to do this. You really really don't want to do this. This is going to it's not going to turn out how you think it's gonna turn out. Backfire badly. It's gonna backfire badly. And he's like, you know what? I I want no part of this. This is a man who for fun duels and says that he doesn't want to escort this woman to this ball in a red dress when every other non-married woman is going to be wearing white this guy this is the line in the sand this southerner who think who is going to probably die on a battlefield defending his uh god his so-called god-given right to own other human beings but this line i will not take I'm a not woman this one In a red dress to this ball. There are some things that I just will not do. So she
1: hides in another room when press comes in. And she comes out and he says he won't take her until she's properly dressed. And she says, are you afraid someone will say something and you'll be forced to defend me? Press ain't going to duel nobody.
0: Man. And then I just love Henry Ford's face because Fonda,
1: not Hen- Henry.
0: Ford. Oh yeah, that's right. Henry Fonda's face because he because ha- you can tell it like he doesn't want to duel. I'm a banker. I don't want to duel. I don't want to defend your honor. But at the same time, he would. This is where he was born. He's of these people. So he's like, I can't be a pussy though.
1: Yeah, oh, pretty damn pretty this bitch. On pussy Street.
0: Yeah. So he's like, yeah. ah, damn it. Fine. So you go.
1: Yeah. Well, all the girls on the dance floor are wearing white. Mm-hmm. And Press and Julie walk in. And he's eyeing all the men like, You better not say, word say
0: word. something. Say something.
1: And everyone is staring. But and then everyone's his, but moving Ma, away. Didn't
0: you also say his eyes also said, First thing they said was say something. The second thing they said was, please don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. Please. Neither of us yeah. want. We, do- come on. Do-
0: like, I'm a guy. You're a guy. You, you know, obviously you're lucky because your lady is falling in line. But look, look at those eyes. Boy, I'm a slave. She
1: got Betty Davis eyes.
0: <laughs> They're going to be okay. talking about these eyes so many decades later
1: so everyone is avoiding them turning their backs on them and she's gets some tears in those betty davis eyes and says press take me home and he's like oh no you you made this bed now you're gonna lie in it
0: we're gonna get out there and
1: dance
0: every single person in your life Told you this was a bad idea even your slaves told you <laughs> not to go to this function in a red dress and you spit on all of them and said that you knew what you were doing and look everyone was right because they knew that it was gonna hurt your feelings and they were trying to protect you but you're too stubborn and hard-headed so you know what so much ego you got so much ego nope we're dancing let's Maestro, please.
1: And so she's crying and she's saying, let me go. And he is robotic. He is just, just, we're going to do this. We're going to do it. And I'm not looking at anybody and I'm not making eye contact. And we're doing this.
0: I have a nerd alert, but it's not a real nerd alert. It's more of an emotional nerd alert. Go. Okay. So I really like henry fonda on screen so far from what i've seen he's always playing that upright stand-up guy and he always to me emotes such sort of warmth and sensitivity and Mm -hmm. yet according to his daughter he was a Mm -hmm. very cold cold man Mm -hmm. And so I'm I'm always I find that very fascinating because his screen persona just seemed very warm and he wasn't super masculine. He just he in my mind, he seems like that stand up guy where it's like, yeah, there are guys like that, you know, Mm -hmm. just that like, you know, what you what the very best of what people and humans can be. Um, and like very warm, you know, and feeling and having a whole bunch of different emotions. So then I wondered when he was being all robotic and you must, does Jane Fonda see that and be like, that's my dad right there, guys. Yeah. It's called acting. That's the guy (laughs) I knew. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That warm guy you you, you think you know,
1: That's that's called acting. Yeah.
0: That's my father though. There.
1: Well, at this point, Everybody else leaves the dance floor, and it's just the two of them dancing. Because no woman in white is going to be up there dancing with her.
0: I will not have her taint me.
1: Her guardian, the general, you know, gets the attention of the um, conductor of the music and goes, you know, cut it off, cut it off, cut it off.
0: So they stop. It's an 1852 record scratch. <laughs>
1: And Press goes, oh, no, no, no. Go on and play. We're going to dance. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the night, Press takes her aunt and Julie home. He says, good night, Aunt Belle. Goodbye, Julie. And she goes, oh, evidently you've made up your mind. And he said, no, you made up my mind. And she smacks him. He and they say goodbye and it is indeed goodbye.
0: But Julie thinks that it's just one of like, oh, he'll he'll be back tomorrow. Listen to
1: what Julie says. He'll come back. You just wait and see. He'll come back. And Aunt Belle's going, Not this time. And instead of saying, Tomorrow is another day, she's saying he'll come back. Yeah. One year
0: later, <laughs> he's not back. <laughs> He'll come back. It's been a year, Julie. <laughs> so there
1: uh, we are at the St. Louis Bar again, and uh, everybody's talking about the yellow fever.
0: Yeah, well, mm-hmm. well, in, in that that um, that meeting that Julie interrupted, they were were they talking about the railroads. We had my main man, Dr. Livingston Stone. Donald Crisp, and he was saying, Hey guys, I know you guys are all talking about railroads and stuff, but um we need to figure out what we're gonna do in case yellow fever, there's another yellow fever outbreak. Because remember that yellow fever outbreak back in 1830? Like there weren't enough living people to bury the dead. So we need to really come like figure out what our plan of action is gonna be. And they're like, Okay, come on, it's not gonna. No, whatever. We don't. Ugh, come on, that's fine. You can pick up poop with your hands and then 15 minutes later eat bread with it. W- what do you mean, washing hands? Get out of here, doc, with your mumbo jumbo. Indeed, we can. So- we can- horses we don't have sewers we our roads are muddy it's just filled with horse manure everybody drags poop around everywhere everything's muddy and dirty because you know we're below the water table and we flood like crazy and there's poop everywhere that i've mentioned and we haven't learned about washing hands we're fine guys nothing, nothing bad is going. no happen. antibiotics yeah. yeah we're good okay
1: but also, there's talk of. Press is coming back to town. Press is coming back. What? And he said he is bringing something amazing from the north. Well, what? didn't you know immediately what he was bringing from the north? No,
0: no. I Oh, am, I knew. I immediately. was in. I was. I I had suspended my um, my Aaron Bush hat. I'm watching this hat. Through a southerner's eyes, and I'm like, Well, obviously, he's brought back the north's common sense, and they're gonna drop <laughs> all of this mumbo jumbo. <laughs> I mean, that's obvious. He's bringing back no more dueling, no, he's, he's bringing not. back, exactly like, exactly what he's slavery about. is legal across the land. That's what he's bringing back, states' rights. <laughs> The state's rights to own slaves. Own people.
1: Okay. Well, at this same time that this is going on in the St. Louis bar, the um the doctor is is telling Julie and Belle that they need to go to the plantation.
0: The doctor says, "Look, it's heating up here in the city. They don't even call yellow fever. They call it yellow jack. Yellow jack is back." It's with a vengeance. That thing is spreading from people to people because we don't know about sanitation. So you need to get the hell up out of this city. Save yourself. You're you're gonna take the people you own with you. It's not a problem. I mean, you're going to a plantation, guys. So it it's fine. You're gonna have your 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 slaves at your plantation. Oh yeah, you guys have a plantation.
1: Yeah. You have the city house and you, you have the country house. You
0: got your big house.
1: Well, the doctor's going, you know, Julie's just not right. And Belle's going, she hasn't been right since Preston left. And well, good news, Preston's coming back. Preston's coming back. And so Belle, the the doctor leaves, and Belle's talking to her about, you know, we should really go to the plantation. And she's and and by the way, I have something to tell you. Preston is coming back to town.
0: I knew it. I knew it. I knew <laughs> I it. Was to right. back to me. I was right. I was right. And she's going around going, kiss it. all, every single one of y'all. And they're like, this bitch, it's been a year. And you don't even did whatever, Julie.
1: We'll be married and I'll beg his forgiveness and I'll humble myself before him. We'll go to the plantation and have a huge party
0: all right let's go to the plantation
1: (laughs) so next scene we're at the plantation the house House halcyon halcyon plantation and poor little teabag he hadn't grown a bit in one year he's still the same size yes well he has to stand out in the street and wait for carriages to come because what does betty davis
0: wear today Oh, she wears the white dress. Her ass should have worn that at the ball. Should have
1: worn a year ago. So it's a year out of fashion. Mm -hmm. And people are arriving and Buck
0: Cantrell comes. Buck Cantrell? And
1: and Prez arrives.
0: And who else gets out of the buggy with Prez? Some woman who looks like she's wearing like a carpet or something. She's not a carpet bagger. It hadn't happened yet. Yeah, but her fashion was definitely not up to snuff. Again, watching it as in my southerner hat, I'm like, "Who is this?" Instantly, oh, yeah. she had I smelled. To be a, she, she
1: she was a plain Jane. That's Although a northerner. She was, she was a plain Amy. Well, I knew that was happening,
0: yeah.
1: but everybody's jaws drop, and the- Belle looks so worried because she knows julie's not gonna take
0: this well (laughs) bell is uh, uh, oh yeah that's her name right Aunt bell she's worried because she knows that like what is this bitch gonna do when she finds out that preston has come has gone and got married to a northerner and she's not even that pretty either he went and found the dullest looking northerner he married this girl out of spite and now we got julie oh i just wanted to get away from yellow jack and come to the plantation to just have all of my whims and fancies taken care of by my people who i own why does everything have to be so complicated
1: there are parallels with Gone with the Wind because Scarlett was in love with Ashley and Ashley married his cousin who was, who was rather plain and drab.
0: Well, wait, his cousin was Olivia de Havilland though. Yeah,
1: but she was, they, they, they played down Olivia de Havilland's beauty. Yeah,
0: but it was still like, we all in our mind know what Olivia de Havilland looks like. So we're like, okay, Olivia De Havilland is she? She just doesn't want to make Scarlett O'Hara mad. Exactly.
1: Also, in Gone with the Wind, Belle uh, owned the brothel, and this movie, Belle is Aunt Belle. Oh,
0: I thought that was funny. Interesting. Just thought
1: I'd I'd throw that in. Okay, well, Belle hurries up and takes Amy up to her room. I
0: gotta get her right. out of the line of sight. Yeah. Oh man.
1: Well, Julie does the old hiding behind the wall thing that she did with the red dress a year I'm ago.
0: He, I'm Julie.
1: And it worked out so well for her. And um, they come, she comes face to face with Preston. She knows nothing about Amy, mm-hmm. and she says, I
0: put on this white dress for you. Oh, this is the best part of the movie because um you know what I, I i forgot to write it down but now that we're going in at live time, this is the best reheatable because you know the audience knows that this guy that she's in love with has married another woman and you know already how stubborn this woman is and she doesn't know and she's about to find out and you can't you're just like <laughs> what's gonna happen Ooh. She
1: actually gets down on her knees in front of him to humble herself. humbles herself. And she says, forgive me and love me as I love you. And at that moment, in walks plain Amy. Who's this woman? And he introduces his wife. (gasps) Oh! And she and they go away and she goes, I gotta think to plan to fight. If I can't have him, then dot dot Buck walks in. And this is also an hour into the movie.
0: Oh, you stop taking notes?
1: Well, I have a few things written to let our listeners know, but I'm not gonna go into the detail. Okay. So um yes, about <laughs> oh he uh um Preston is asking you know how has Julie been and and Cantrell's going you know she hadn't she hadn't had any company at all and um oh actually she has a moment with him again where she kisses him and he pulls away
0: mm-hmm. and he's a married man now that's how Henry Fonda ruled
1: exactly yeah uh, just like Ashley, and so uh, Prez has to leave the next day on business, and could they keep Amy there to keep her away from the Yellow Jack? Mm-hmm. And so um, there is another duel between uh, Buck and Preston's brother. I don't remember what prompted the duel.
0: I mean, I do, but are we leaving it so that if people want to continue watching yeah. it, or do? Yeah. Like, okay.
1: Let's not even tell who died.
0: Yeah. There you go. You have to if watch we, yourself you and can, find out
1: who died. You can
0: fast forward an hour in and just and, if you want. Yeah,
1: and then yellow fever comes and um it gets very confusing exactly what's going on at the end of this movie. Well, I can, can expel
0: you. I can did you, do you need clarification? I can explain. I, I thought had maybe to read our about listeners it. could
1: watch for themselves and figure it out themselves. All right. So I'm ready to go to our POC count.
0: Okay, POC count. Let's see what did I put for that? Because I didn't count because in you know, the very beginning yeah. there were so many. I didn't count. I didn't count at all. There was a there was a lot. We'll get to my more of the POC count when we do. I think when we do like reheatables. Okay.
1: So now we go to nerd alerts. You've given us some. I didn't have
0: any. Oh, then oh, I have two more. Beautiful dreamer. Yes. That wasn't written until 1864. Oh, so interesting. Someone
1: dropped the ball. Who was it written by?
0: I don't. I don't have that in my notes. I think it's the guy. Who lived in well I mean if you want a vamp I can look it up oh I, think gotta... I went
1: to his I think I went to his plantation when I was a little girl
0: oh this makes my stomach hurt uh-huh
1: I I think I did and and uh it was a yeah he was a composer I bet it was him are you Stephen are you Foster at... yes
0: oh yeah there you have it Stephen Fantastic. Foster saw his his
1: piano with mother of pearl keys.
0: Where was it, his plantation?
1: In uh, Louisville, I think. Oh. It was in Kentucky. Uh, we the it was a it was an afternoon where we all went, and it's the first time I ever had creamed corn.
0: Oh, was it delicious?
1: It was so delicious. I ate way too much of it, and as was my routine on the way back I threw up in the car <laughs> <laughs> I used to get so car sick and I and it was Wait, all how cream old car. were
0: you was this before poppy
1: oh my god I was a little girl
0: oh because I I pictured it when you say Kentucky that it was all of you guys that went and then you no. threw up in the car and I'm like oh, my god, oh no. what that No, you're not allowed to do that. Poppy
1: would be interested in Stephen Foster only because of the piano, but not the plantation part.
0: Well, but it's not like, I mean, how many times have I been to Mount Vernon? (laughs) I've been to a And you know what, guys? I peed on the front lawn. It's a child I knew. Her very first trip to Mount I was thinking, Oh, then you know, fuck this. She just let it rip. We had
1: her out of diapers at that point, and she went. I have to go to the bathroom, and I'm going right now on George's front lawn. Mm,
0: that's what I think of all this.
1: And I got because there was a gift shop, and I got a little um, stuffed thing. It was, it was like a bunny. It was a strange little thing, and I called him Funny Bunny, and I think I threw up on him. But he got to be washed and given back to him. Yeah. Oh, okay. well. Okay. Stephen Foster. Okay, nerd alert. Yeah, Moving back Stephen to just Stephen Foster Jessie.
0: seems to be very problematic. But, you know,
1: <laughs> who
0: wasn't? Who knew that I was going to
1: end up marrying a man of color? <laughs> Your mom, apparently. <laughs>
0: If um, anybody was going to, it was gonna be it's, it's me. Gonna be Liz, but you know what? Because she probably she she had that wild hair in her as well. No, it can't. Nobody tell me what to do. I'm Mary Kay Weber. That's right. So she knew. She was like, yeah, "That's one wild horses can't be tamed." Wild, wild horses. Okay, my last nerd alert. So one of at some point they're in New Orleans. They walk into a, a storefront facade, and then they go downstairs into the yeah, bar. Yeah, that's
1: the St. Louis Bar.
0: Well, New Orleans doesn't have basements or lower no, levels. No, they couldn't because they're it, below sea level. Exactly. They have a, wa- uh, a high water table. Notorious. We all know. Katrina. Hello.
1: Which is why all the graves are above ground.
0: Yeah, so... Which the-
1: I uh, first saw when I saw Easy Rider. Do you see this circling back? Uh, listeners? This is what we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it for the
0: nerd alerts? Th- those were my nerd alerts.
1: Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Okay, reheatables.
0: Oh, man. My I have a lot of negatives. I got, I got some good reheatables. Okay, you want to go first today?
1: Um...
0: No, I'll go I usually second. go first because yeah.
1: yours are usually so much better. We'll go. I'll go second. Okay, my first negative reheatable is Henry's hair. What is the what is the deal with the back sweep and the and the curl?
0: I thought it was very young Lincoln. I think that the the people who went on to make Young Lincoln saw this movie, saw how tall he was and his weird awkward hair, and they were like, "That's our young Lincoln." Oh, it was it was not a good look. But um, what was a good look in the 1852s? Have you seen well, that's the pictures? Because they had the,
1: what did they call those? The, the, the mutton chops. chops. Yeah. yeah.
0: The weird facial hair. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's true. Okay. Uh, another negative reheatable was Henry's lack of a Southern accent, <laughs> which might be actually a good reheatable because I never heard his his Southern accent.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: The story was trying way too hard to be gone with the wind. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, my God, at the end, the singing with the people of color. (laughs) She's
0: causing a ruckus.
1: They were so happy to be singing with her. And she was able to direct them as well. Oh, no, no, we have a little bit too much bass going on here. You you settle it down a little bit. I want to hear some more tenor, more tenor. Oh my God, they were so happy. Um, when the people of color were the ones who had to remove all the dead bodies of the yellow fe- fever people, mm-hmm. there were no rags to put around their faces. No, they're slaves. My
0: <laughs> they're God,
1: not... every white person had a bandana yeah. around their
0: face. Yeah, because um, slavery, they, they, they were not people. Why would you, you were put that upon people and people are white people.
1: The very last thing I saw was in front of, I don't know it was if it was in front of the plantation or their city house, the ornamental black jockey. Tell me those didn't even come into existence until the 1900s. Oh,
0: I don't even know. That was, Oh,
1: that
0: was that. just so wrong. <laughs> I missed that.
1: <laughs> okay, those are my negatives. Um, uh, My my positives, I'm actually going to save for MVPs. Oh,
0: okay. Because I didn't have any MVPs. Okay, I did. Okay. All right, so my reheatables. I'll go with my best reheatables. We'll, so we'll just start it off. The best reheatable is the first time that we lay eyes upon Julie. The introduction of betty davis how she comes in on this wild stallion riding side saddle <laughs> gets off and then she does i believe and i i have it written down my tasty nuggets but it took her oh how many times it took her 45 takes to perfect this this scene that i'm talking about where she lifts up her dress with the riding crop Yes, I mean that was as amazing. a character introduction. I was all in. I was all. Yeah, I was like this true. broad. I this... didn't write that down, but that's true. I I just stood up and was like Betty freaking Davis, ladies watch and gentlemen. The, watch the movie just for that, just for her just intro for scene. It's like that's, that's right. That's how a movie star enters a movie. At there,
1: that you would go. be an MVP. Yeah.
0: So also, I have. Um, <laughs> I have this as a good reheatable just because I I, it's complicated to describe why I put it because it could also go for bad. But I put it as a good reheatable just because I liked where the character's mind was going. I the, the actual what she says, it's laughable, but I I liked I liked what she was saying for feminism. It's when she gives her speech when she's going to wear the red dress and how she says, it's 1852, Dumpling, not the Dark Ages. Girls don't have to simp around in white just to be married. I was, I love that she says yeah. it's, it's, 18, it's so modern now, but you're still owning people. So, yeah. but it's not the Dark Ages. Right. But yeah. I did like that she and I like that she threw in the dumpling. That just made me laugh because I was Yeah, dumpling was funny. It also yeah. it does it, it's also a horrible reheat because you're like, Yeah, it's eighteen fifty two and like like yeah. I don't know. Could you even like still wear a red gown to any of the debutante balls going on now in the south? Probably not. I don't know.
1: Probably
0: not. Um I think a blush would be pushing it. I thought a good reheatable was getting out of the city when Yellow Jack shows up. like, there's an epidemic? Yeah, why don't you get your ass out of the city? And go to the plantation. (laughs) Well, I just thought that that was, you know, they knew enough to to get out of where there's a whole bunch of people. Yeah, they didn't know to
1: wash their hands, but they knew to get out of town.
0: Right. And then my final good reheatable is when they were in the meeting talking about the railroads, one guy pipes up and says... Are we sure that all the smoke from the engines is going to be good for us? Oh, yeah. And then everybody shuts him down. Like, what the hell are you talking about? And all of this stuff. And I did think he, he made a great point. Um, He knew about climate change, obviously, before it was ever in vogue he was like there's black smoke going up into the air are we sure that this is a good idea guys it's true
1: and this was done in 1938 somebody had the wherewithal to go yeah wait a
0: minute just wow just seems like maybe we should rethink all of this but he was shot down of course so all right i have a lot of for my worst so I'm okay. going to go in backward order so that my final one will be my, my worst of the worst. Okay. Um, in your seatbelts. So the, the, so this was not a good reheatable, just that the horror of the woman walking into a bank <laughs> just in yes. 1952. Oh yes. my God. Um, men telling press that he had to beat his woman. Yes. You need to keep her in line. That that's not a good reheat. How did Duel- I not have that? Dueling isn't a good reheatable. Oh, yeah. that's- we said that back with Hamilton. Yeah, that's really dumb. Um using fever cannons like like lighting cannons in the city as and thinking that's a way of combating a biological infection or fever of some sort. Oh, were they lighting the cannons to try to get rid of the yellow? Yes, tracks? and Henry Fonda oh. comes out and he's because their cannons are going off. They're like, oh, they're lighting the canyons. They they like light up tar on every corner and then they they blow the canyons and he and the Northerners like, why are you guys doing that? And Buck Cantrell is all like, well, it's because it carries away the yellow fever, duh. And the, oh, and the Northern that. woman's like, what? That's not how that works. Yeah. And then Henry Fonda so says- stupid. Well, maybe if you drain the swamp and cleaned up the city, it would, and everybody. I like, had drained the swamp as a <laughs> as a good reheatable. Yeah, he's like, you shut your mouth, sir. We're just gonna let these blowing cannons take carry away the yellow fever. Right. You're like, oh, that's definitely not. There a There was reheatable.
1: one, just one time when he's standing outside at the plantation, and a mosquito bites him, and he hits. Just one time, I'm saying, people, this is New Orleans. It was hot mm-hmm. and humid, yeah. and
0: there were lots of bugs. Um. So, and then, I, did, I didn't even understand why they raised a ruckus. Like, that whole thing didn't really make any sense. But it leads me in, and this isn't even like... So, I, I have this, and then we'll get to my, my worst reheatable. But, okay. so... We get slavery and this movie was made in 1938, right? Correct. So 1938, 1937, maybe depending on when they filmed it. So here are all my quotes because at some point, you know, they are, it's 18, it's supposed to be 1852. So things are heating up. You know, there is tension among the states. Right. So here are my quotes because this is all leading up to the Civil War. So they say. Intelligent men up north plotting to destroy our southern rights. And they also say, why don't they just let sleeping dogs lie? And they say, in a war of commerce, the north must win. This is all the southerners who were here talking about this. Machines over unskilled slave labor. Claim the right to the customs we were born to. And why won't the, Na- the Yankee nation just let us be? So this is evidence and proof of the changing of the civil right, of the Civil War narrative, because no one ever says in this movie, yeah, the problem is, is that we own people. I mean, Henry Fonda kind of says it when he's talking about unskilled labor versus machines. But even then, he's saying it as a way of commerce. Everything is always... Oh, they're infringing on our rights. We have this way of being the South. But they never say what their way of being the South is. Their way of being the South is owning people. And I just think that it's very interesting because it did fit, that does fit in nicely, considering like you're looking at a 1939 generation. the Civil War wasn't that long ago for them. And already right. it's changing. Here's the narrative. It was about our rights as Southerners. they don't they don't don't talk about how like no we want to own people that's what we want to do cotton is king we want to own people we're white look at this life that we have here look at how nice it is which brings me to my number one worst reheatable of this movie the happy slaves yeah everyone in this movie that are black people are slaves so there's a lot of people of color when you watch it just know you're watching slaves also they're all like friendly actually comic relief they all seem to really like their place so yeah what was wrong with slavery if you're watching this movie they they seem to be happy they caused a ruckus they loved singing and hollering and singing great songs with betty davis on the porch that was great everyone was happy that's the worst reheatable. It's just how it's, they, they make the South. Like, oh, look at that! That I mean, that was yeah. the life, and that's what and, we're talking about. When people are talking about make America great again, it's yeah. it's this. It's like, well, they the North is bad because they want to infringe upon our rights. Look at everyone's happy here, happy slaves. They're singing, yeah. they're dancing. Our right to own people,
1: and and the people we own are happy yeah, about it because they're happy about it except for the one carriage driver who they kept, they kept giving him orders and he was like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And, and, and they stopped and, and he's just doing the, the rote. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah.
0: But if you're watching that from like a, it, a white person, it point was a comic view, relief. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to read as a, he's not smart enough to, he's just on repeat just saying yes ma'am because he's not smart it isn't man this guy just well, hates his, his life he was
1: he's just saying yes ma'am yes ma'am to whatever comes out of the mouth and yeah, then, yeah. that's how okay. it's supposed
0: to read it's not supposed to read as like yeah this guy's a slave he is owned by people he's not free he has to wait on everyone in his life like how horrible it is that you can own another human being it's like oh no he's dumb because all he can just say is yes ma'am yes ma'am yes ma'am
1: and i've been doing this job for years and you Mm -hmm. still have to tell me what to do
0: yeah i'm not an idiot like i'm an actual person who i could probably really um give a lot to society if i was given a chance but i'm not so have fun with your yellow fever i probably could have cured it you sons of bitches
1: exactly okay yeah reheatables antebellum time period but they
0: but you know what that's what's so insidious about it is they make it look like such a great time for everybody (laughs) just look at that yeah because
1: her slave had those big old earrings on. So how bad could her life be? She got to wear those huge earrings and she was gonna get that red dress as soon as Betty was
0: done with it. Yeah, and, and every shot when they're in the, the plantation, you see Styvie in the background, he's doing the fan. But he doesn't like he, he doesn't look like he's been whipped or anything. He looks like he's happy to be there. And just manually uh, fanning these white people as they're eating the food that his family has prepared for them. And who knows what his life is like or where his. You know what? I know what his sleeping quarters looks like because I've been to Mount Vernon.
1: See, it was educational. (laughs) I
0: peed on the ground. And they got, well,
1: God, they got the pig intestines. What's the problem? Yeah. You guys call them chitlins and they're so good. Here, eat them.
0: That's just making lemons, lemonades. (laughs) Yeah, doing the best you can with what you got. That's lemonade right there. Which is what
1: causes the high blood pressure and the diabetes. Okay, MVPs. My MVP was Betty Davis' eyes. Ah, that's a good MVP. She did have, uh, now when she got older, I felt like her eyes got kind of buggy. They weren't really buggy in this. They were just really gourd.
0: She was very young, but you could see it because you could tell that she was going to get the bags under her eyes. I yeah. I was like, oh, she's about to pick up some luggage. Yeah, yeah. I got I got some
1: steamer trunks under my <laughs> eyes. <laughs> oh, Who sang man. that song, Betty Davis Ive?
0: She's got was, Betty Davis. I don't was, know. It, was it Blondie? No, okay, it was. Go like, ahead with your MVPs. Okay, my MVP is Rochester because he. So at one point when they're at Halcyon, and they the guy comes for Preston. And says, oh, you, like, you know, the doctor. Somebody got sick with the Yellow Jack. That had to do with the bank. And he needs you. And so they were like, oh, it'll be faster if you ride. And so they made Rochester's character go ride with him and come back. Well, when... Rochester came back but Rochester because they were like how did you come back because they like the fever the yellow jack got so bad that they put up um basically what is it like a quarantine nobody gets in and out of New Orleans because they need to stop this from spreading and yet somehow Rochester was the I forget what his character is in this but he was able to come back so they're eating and, you know, in their fancy white place at the the setting, the table and Uncle Cato tells Julie that, you know, Rochester, forget, I don't know Rochester's name, whatever his character's name. He comes back and he's eating. So he's back there. He's eating all this food. They're so his family and everybody is so happy to come there. What's her face comes back in there, sits down. Rochester's eating. She says, you have to take like, how would you get back? And Rochester basically says, look you know, yeah, they set up the line. So I went around it and they say, you swam through the swamp? And Rochester says, no, I'm scared of gators. I found a boat and I I, like did the bayou and got back here, slipped through the the lines and stuff as it were. And he was like, look, but also I did not steal the boat. I'm going to return it. So I don't want to get in trouble for that. And then Julie says, well, you're taking me with me. Like, we're going, we're leaving now, let's go. Because at first when he comes, when she comes in, she's like, oh, you can eat. Because he's starving. He had to, yeah. to go through the wilderness and stuff. And then she's like, yeah, oh, stop eating, we're going. So <laughs> I like it. When he gets up and, and he's like, no, wait, You can't. you can't just go in the night like that. And this is my, it's so problematic, but it made me laugh so hard. Because it's 1852, he's a slave. You got to take your advantages and your wins where you can. And he yeah. looks to her and goes, me, I mix with the night. What the hell are you, you? going to do, lady? <laughs> not so much. <laughs> not so much. I'm not willing to to be out here with some white woman. Like, you're basically a spotlight, a human walking flashlight with me. Me, I mix with the night. I'm good. I can slip in and out. It's fine. You, what the hell are you going to do? Thankfully. You're going to get both of us caught. Thankfully, though, she did not smear grease paint upon her face.
1: Thankfully, that so could have become not the black face.
0: Exactly, as I was lying at like Rochester, nailing it with the me. Hey, look, I mix with the night. I don't get a lot. I don't get too many advantages in this world that I live in. But this is one of them. And then I went to terror. Just oh my God! Please, Betty Davis, do not put grease paint on your face please do not and thankfully she didn't she just put on a cloak i'm kind of surprised i don't know maybe they just weren't paying attention maybe we just have to chalk that up to laziness well she did have the hood yes
1: and another mvp was that dress she wore at the end i would love to have seen it in color i thought that was a really cool dress
0: yeah so that was my
1: mvp well done Okay, my favorite time has come recasting. All right. I am not going to be problematic this week and cast black actors into white antebellum. Okay. Even though it amuses you so when I do. It does. So I'm trying to be politically correct. I have Julie recast in Modern Day. Mm Mm-hmm. Charlie Theron.
0: That's good. That's good. That's pretty good.
1: Preston, I recast as George Clooney.
0: <laughs> yes, that's good. That's good.
1: Buck, I recast as Matt Damon.
0: <laughs> okay, that's funny.
1: And Amy, I recast as, we haven't heard from her in a long time, Renee Zellweger. Interesting. I did not recast any of the slaves because I just didn't want to go there. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay.
1: Is that it? Even though I did go to Robert Foster's plantation as a little girl.
0: (laughs) Yes. What's your recasting? I have two casts. My first cast is of the modern time. Okay. I cast as Aunt Belle, Molly Shannon. I, okay. I cast as Dr. Livingston, Robert Duvall. Oh, yeah. Perfect. I cast as Cantrell, Walton Goggins. <gasps> Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes. He would have a blast with that part.
0: I cast as Preston. This was really hard because I don't think that we have a Henry Fonda. We don't. But. I was just
1: going with with the gentlemanliness.
0: Right. The closest one, I really had to think about it, and I was like, I think he may be the closest to Henry Fonda that we have but he may have retired from acting. One Daniel Day-Lewis.
1: Daniel Day-Lewis.
0: That's Preston. Yeah,
1: very staid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: And as my Julie... I mean, that's big shoes to fill. We're talking about... Betty Davis.
1: We're talking Betty Davis.
0: So... I thought about it because you had to have like the pluckiness of it. I went with Emily Blunt.
1: She could be plucky.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if she could get down the Southern accent, but she probably could.
0: I I have confidence in her. Okay. And hopefully. So then my second cast is, I, I believe, I'll just call it my fuck y'all cast. I cast Teresa Harris as Julie. Tell me more about Teresa Harris. She was a Julie slave. I thought oh. I thought the first time that she showed up on screen, I was like, man, I like like, who is she? She has a yes. great look. I liked I, I, I just knew that there were limitations of this character. But I was like, you know what? She could have been a probably really good Julie
1: yeah she had a very good screen presence
0: mm-hmm. she probably I th- thought could have i'd been be made a star. Fun of
1: if i did that but go ahead
0: no i because i recasted everyone that was already in this movie i just recasted them so julie is Teresa harris as preston i put rochester as preston
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: as cantrell i put stymie as cantrell <laughs> and as uncle Cato, i put the guy who played cantrell george brent as Uncle Cato. Well, there you go. That's all they have. Fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I like that. I mm-hmm. think that's fun. I love how you just re—wait—recycled oh, the
0: character. Yeah, I was like, you know what? This—it's a—it's a shame and a travesty. And Teresa Harris, even when I was looking up her page on Wikipedia, she was just. She got very frustrated because of the limitations of the roles that she could play. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that when she showed up on screen, I was like, man, who is this? It's Mm -hmm. so sad because she could have had she was right up there as far as star wattage. I thought with like Betty Davis and stuff, if she had just been given a chance, I wanted to know more. I was like, who? Like what? I want to spend more time with her. I think she's a great actress. She's got this appeal to her.
1: Oh, but she's just
0: the slave. And so we can't think anything about her. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? And then when she was talking about how she wanted, she was going to get to dress. That's when I got in my mind. I was like, what would the movie look like with her as Julie? Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. Tasty nuggets. There were a few, but I only wrote down that Henry Fonda's wife gave birth to Jane during the filming of this movie. I
0: thought so cuz I went to look up to see how old that um to see when Jane Fonda was born and I was like, "Oh, it was around this time."
1: Interesting. And so you said he did how many movies this in this time frame? Oh,
0: on his Wikipedia, he has like all these movies that come cuz I thought it was right. going to be Jezebel Grapes of Wrath. And it was like Jezebel, blah, 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 blah. blah. Grapes of yeah. Wrath. Blah, so he blah, blah, blah. wasn't
1: home a lot. He was definitely a man's man.
0: Yeah. yeah I mean, he was a great actor. <laughs> we know that now.
1: Yeah. Evidently.
0: Um, I have that the end of the shoot. and I, I didn't get to look this up anymore. That... Betty Davis cried because not only was she like, oh, that was a great part. I was happy to play her. But also that she was pregnant with William Wyler's child.
1: What?
0: Yeah. And I forgot to look it up until now. I forgot that I wrote that down. So I don't know if she had the kid or if she didn't. Mm. I don't know. Because she was like a lot of women of Hollywood. She had a lot of husbands. That was...
1: I'm sure she had a lot of abortions too.
0: Yeah, they had a lot of abortions back then. Like a lot. The studios well, probably would very like,
1: few legal ones.
0: No, the and the studios would make them get them. Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. Oh,
0: Even if they wanted crazy. the baby. No, no, you no, can't do
1: that. You
0: can't. Um, let's see, what else do I have? I have. oh, I have their awards. So this Oh yeah. Betty Davis won for Best Actress. It was her second Oscar win. So, do you know who she was up against? Um, I don't. But I, can, if you vamp, I can look it up. Uh, you know. go
1: ahead because you're doing you're doing your tasty nuggets, and I don't have any more. But that this was all my,
0: um, stuff. Come continue. T- Oh, just until it, um, Faye Baitner also won for best supporting actress. Mm hmm. Belle. Mm hmm. Um, and it was nominated for best original score, but it lost to Alexander's Ragtime Band. Alfred Newman did it. Um, it was nominated for best cinematographer but it lost to the great waltz by joseph ruttenberg which i thought that was interesting so betty davis was best actress oh so faye baitner was also nominated for best actress for white banners Oh, that's right.
1: There were it went into several people who had been nominated for Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress.
0: So she won for Best Supporting Actress, but she was also nominated for Best Actress. And we have William Wendy Heller for Pygmalion. She was not. She played Eliza Doolittle. Eliza Doolittle. Oh, that's My Fair Lady. So Pygmalion's a remake of My 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 Fair Lady is a remake of Pygmalion. Pygmalion was the non-musical one. Oh, okay. Norma Shearer for Marie Antoinette. Mm. And Margaret Sullivan for Three Comrades.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So I don't know any of those.
1: Well, we we had Margaret Sullivan before in that Irish one.
0: Mar- was Margaret Sullivan in the How Green Is My Valley?
1: I thought she was. Maybe she wasn't maureen o'sullivan
0: margaret sullivan does sound familiar I, I think she was in no she was in the shop around the corner oh okay that's okay. right and then it was also nominated for best picture and it lost to you can't take it with you which i believe hmm. is frank capra
1: oh okay yeah, it was a, you know, Civil War time
0: movie. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I will say that it was shorter, significantly shorter than Gone with the Wind. <laughs> oh,
1: my God, like by an hour or more.
0: Mm-hmm. And there yeah. isn't the Butterfly McQueen like there wasn't, were just
1: a very, very happy slave.
0: Mm-hmm. Just everyone was very happy in their so situation happy. of life.
1: Yeah. Okay, well that was Jezebel. I'm glad we did it, Betty Davis. I'm glad it was a young one where she, she really was pretty. She,
0: she, she was because in my mind, Betty, I was Betty Davis was always the woman who she wasn't the. Mo- like she was attractive but she wasn't like a runway model or like a model attractive like she had a thing about her but she wasn't what you would say you would see her and be like put that woman on the cover of vogue exactly exactly so in but she had the talent so in my mind it's like olivia coleman who i think is beautiful but she's not like the Charlize classic. Theron. You know exactly. Where it's exactly. just like yeah, but like she's definitely a beautiful woman.
1: Especially when she starts to talk and that sense of humor comes out. It's just, oh my god, I love her.
0: Then you got the personality.
1: Yeah. As my mother always told me, personality is better than beauty any day.
0: She did?
1: No, she never told me that. <laughs> I, I might have had an easier time in high school had she been. I wouldn't have believed her anyway, truthfully. Yeah, be told.
0: because that, it doesn't really work that way. I mean, that's like what we all want to say and stuff. But I, I went to go see Captain Marvel. And before Captain Marvel, there's a preview of this movie with Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen, where Charlize Theron is the Secretary of State, and Seth Rogen is just is this journalist that she used to babysit and so it's a romantic comedy, and I just thought it was hilarious. I'm like, it can only go that way, where, it, like, you're Charlize Theron, and then it's, like, Seth Rogen, because he's charming and he's funny. But, do like, not
1: tell me that they hook up.
0: Yeah, cause, I mean, that's what the movie no, is it's about. Way. But way. I doesn't, don't care how charming you are. You're Seth Rogen. You know. But it doesn't go that... It, it can go that way with women, because, yeah, women do look at personality, but with guys, like, the personality is maybe, like, third fourth on the list (laughs) not everyone but just oh my god
1: no there's no way I don't I am not buying that casting at all
0: well that's uh, it's a real movie and stuff and that's what it happens it just made me laugh because it's you know you're not seeing uh what's his name who plays Thor and Chris yeah like Chris Helmsworth and that you know oh uh, with Olivia Coleman. Cause she's got a great personality and stuff. He'll just be like, "You have a great personality," <laughs> but. <laughs> but did you see um, the the one with
1: Rebel Wilson, the the, the rom com one? Oh yeah,
0: the, isn't it romantic? Yeah. No, uh, I didn't see it, but I know the premise of it because yeah. then the whole premise of that movie is because it's so crazy. All right. Like, that's
1: true. That's
0: true. Like, yeah, everyone like, no, that would never happen. Your personality, you have to, you still have to be attractive. <laughs> like, yeah. that's yeah, just that's I'm the way of man. the world when it comes to being a woman. Why, you know, have your own inner worth, know that you are beautiful on the inside and stuff, but still, we we all still have to exist in the real world. Just like you said, with Charlize
1: own one the Academy Award for what was she? What was she playing? She's
0: a monster.
1: Yeah, monster. And you said there's a reason why they put pretty people in movies because it was really long to look at her being unattractive for two hours.
0: Yeah, didn't her? Didn't she end up like the makeup people end up winning an award for like her make like <laughs> people, they would, they uh, should award winning makeup to make her look unattractive, ugly. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying, like, they're, Hey, go with it. I'm not angry or anything. You, hey, you you won the lottery, kid. Yeah, she did. <laughs> just, just that's okay. The way it is. Are you ready for next week? I know what next week
1: is. You do know what next week is. It will be one of two times we have had a guest come to Gone with the Bushes to talk about a movie. Last time it was our Poppy talking about his favorite movie. It's a mad, 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 mad mad world. Mm -hmm. We're going to have one of our most... Um, our most loyal um, loyal listeners come and talk about her absolute favorite movie ever it's going to be her birthday is wednesday so it's her birthday present to get to talk come and talk about this 1976 movie rocky adrienne so next weekend we're going to have to we're going to have to cut her down. She has so much to say. We're going to have to
0: So that means I don't have to do any work, right? She's handling do... all the particulars?
1: I still want you to do the particulars. All right. But other than that and yes, you have to watch the movie. Okay. But we don't have to take detailed notes because she is such a Rocky fan okay so we're going we're we're welcoming wendy ergler as our guest on gone with the bushes next week Mm. rocky 1976 see you then or listening then Bye -bye. Bye bye